Today we're going to talk about cohabitation. Cohabitation? Cohabitation. Is it okay for a couple to live together before they're married? If you watch any television or movies, you'd realize that most people see living together as a necessary step before marriage. But is that really the case? Is that what the Bible would recommend? Well, on today's episode of Apples and Oranges, we're going to find out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Apples and Oranges podcast, where we tackle the questions of the day from a biblical point of view. Hi, everybody. I'm Ashley Duffner. I'm a mom and a student of the Bible. And I am Pastor Jason Cardenosa, a Christian and Missionary Alliance pastor from Alive Again Alliance Church in Toms River, New Jersey. I do just want to put a plug out there, Ashley. Uh, we are opening up a campus in the New Egypt Jackson area, uh, Jackson, New Jersey. Yes. So if you're in the area, come on by, 475 Toms River Road, Jackson, New Jersey. Okay. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing okay. How's I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> How is your water? Is it good in your new mug? My water's good. Check out the new apples and oranges mugs. We've got our new apples and oranges sign behind us. Ashley is displaying the apples and oranges apparel. Yes. If you want any, uh, can they very buy cool. them? Can people buy these? No. Oh, they can't. Okay. <laughs> They're not available for purchase just yet. Not available for purchase just yet. All right. Well, they're, at least. They're very, um, what's the word? I don't know. Okay. What's well, the word I don't you're looking for? the word, so. Oh, it's going to bug me so bad. What's the word? Um, like, when only one person has it. When only one person has limited it. Exclusive? Exclusive. Limited, limited edition? Limited edition and exclusive. And exclusive, <laughs> right. They're exclusive to the hosts of Apples and Oranges uh, podcast. Once we hit 100 subscribers, we'll get merch. Maybe we should get the 100th subscriber something. Oh, Can that's we do a good that? idea. You think we could do that? Yeah, we could do that. If you're listening right now, Follow us on our YouTube channel, Apples and Oranges, and if you are the 100th subscriber, we're going to send you an Apples and Oranges mug and an Apples and Oranges t-shirt. Yes. All right, so subscribe today, Apples and Oranges on YouTube. So, Ashley, what, what is the moment of hope? Let's, let's go to the moment of hope. Okay, so we're going to get into the moment of hope, which is about a Los Angeles-based nonprofit yeah. who is helping reroute uh, perishing produce to communities in need of more fresh fu- fruits and veggies all over the country. Wow. Yes. Since 2009, f- Food Forward has food forward. rerouted 250 million pounds of food That's from lands- of food. Fi- landfills and delivered over a billion servings of fresh produce to f- food insecure communities. Wow. Yes. From its refrigerated food distribution center in southeast L.A., the group works with 350 direct partners coordinating food donations, which have so far made it out to 12 California counties, six other states, and two tribal grocery stores. That's fascinating. Or, no. Grocery <laughs> stores. 
I don't think that's right. <laughs> All right, <laughs> make it to grocery stores. You, you guys get, you uh, guys get it. <laughs> wow, every one dollar donated allows them to redirect ten pounds of produce. That's re that's really amazing. Well, thank you, Food Forward. That's, yeah, that's pretty awesome. I wonder actually. if we have Food Forward here in New Jersey. I have no idea. You know, it, it, it says six other states, though, so maybe we're one of them. I know. I wonder if we're one of them. We're going to have to Google that or, or look it up. Food Forward. Well, thank you to all those. Oh, right here. Every, uh, okay, every here we $1 go. donated allows them to redirect 10 pounds of produce from restaurants, grocery, <laughs> grocery stores, stores, or farms before yes. sending them to communities that rarely get to buy a bright red tomato or, or a crisp, crisp head of You romaine. know, I, I started to read that. <laughs> you and, did? Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Welcome to the Apples and Oranges <laughs> podcast, Ashley. I couldn't pay attention. Yeah. I was laughing too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, thank you so much, Food Forward. You know... It, we live in a first world country, but um, hunger's hunger's a real thing. Mm -hmm. People, uh, there's there's many people out there that can't get fresh food, fresh vegetables, um, and so this is this is really a great a great organization. Yeah, thank you. So thank so you so much for that, and everyone that donates. Okay, so let's get into our topic today: cohabitation. Right? Cohabitation. Yes. Does everybody know what that means? No idea. No idea. Because I, 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 raise your hand if you know what cohabitation means. Okay. <laughs> so we've got 50-50 because I didn't raise my hand. You know what cohabitation means, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what my definition maybe is. Oh, okay. Or Very how good. how I understand it. Yeah, let's maybe see. Maybe that's how other people understand it. So cohabitation is when you're living with somebody else. Okay. Right? <laughs> that It's your definition. That's my definition. I mean, I think that we're going to get into a more depth conversation about cohabitation. Yeah. Specifically about couples. Yeah, I think that um, it, the, the, the generations that are coming up, I'm, I'm wondering if each generation, the term or the definition broadens. Because I'm, I would wonder if... Not only is cohabitation um, living together, mm -hmm. uh, but I would I would say that they're intimate with one another as well. Oh, okay. They may or may not share their finances with one another. Uh, they just don't seem to be making a, a commitment to marriage. Mm. Um, at least the. But they're just living together. Yeah, they're just they're just living together. Yeah. Um, when I I I talk to a lot of divorced uh, people mm -hmm. and I'll ask them oh did you remarry and they'll be like no and I'll oh okay do you have a girlfriend oh yeah I got a girlfriend yeah mm -hmm. um, and oh well where does she live oh she lives with me yeah we live together we live together and yeah, that's pretty common I think right and so we wanted to explore this a little bit more and um, and kind of just maybe understand a little bit from a biblical perspective what the Bible has to say about this. Mm -hmm. uh, but we really did want to hone in to make sure that we un we understood like kind of what cohabitation really was all about. I think for the, for the like mainly people do this now anyway because they want to like live together and know how they live together before they make that commitment, you know? Yeah. Like they're like, well, I can't get married and then I'm stuck with them. If Like what if it doesn't work out like us living together? Yeah. What if I can't live with this person? Yeah, it's it, it's a very interesting um, topic mm -hmm. because I think that in the older generations, 
people were, you know, um, fathers would find um, their daughter's um, spouse. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, on what they call that. Um, arranged. Arranged marriages. Arranged marriages. Um, and it was, you know, all nationalities had some form of arranged marriages and religions mm-hmm. had, had some form of arranged marriages. Um, and so the further that um, we get away from those generations, uh, there is this idea of, well, yeah, like you're saying, let me date the person, uh, then have the person move in uh, and, and see kind of how they live. Mm-hmm. Are they messy? Are they a different person yeah. than, than the person that I'm dating? Um, uh-huh. And and then better understand how they use their finances, where they where they use their finances, um, and then also um, having the intimate relationship with the person. Yeah, I also think too. I I actually mentioned this a lot in conversation. I don't know why, but I feel like in our our society today, people are moving out of like their parents' house way earlier, so like people have their own place to live. Oh, that's and interesting. And so then, like, when you meet somebody, they already live on their own, so it's easier for you to kind of, like, move in with them or they move out of where they're at. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, interesting. Like, when, when you're, I feel like years and years ago, people stayed at home longer. Like, families were way more close together. I mean, I still see it happen today, and I don't know if this is true or not, but, like, when I was younger, my family lived with their family. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like, like I live with my grandparents and everyone lived in the house together. I don't know if that is a study or not. Yeah. So like, but from what I'm like, like right when they turn 18, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I got to get out of my house, you know? Yeah. Well, it's actually interesting to, there are studies out there. Uh-huh. Um, and, and actually the, the studies are showing that younger adults are actually staying in their parents' houses longer. Really? Than in previous generations. Because uh, in previous generations, you would go off to college, mm-hmm. and after college, the college is really where you would identify who you are, mm-hmm. you start to figure out what you want to do in life, uh, and uh, then you would become independent. You would learn how to be independent. Yeah. And from college, you would then go off and find an apartment where you were going to work and and you would then start your independent life nowadays i think um for many different reasons one of which i think is economical reasons mm-hmm. uh the the student is graduating college and, going and they're home. going back home <laughs> um and whether it's right or wrong i don't know i mean there are some there were some laws changed where uh the parents uh could keep the child on their medical plan until the child is 26 years old now. Yeah. Uh, and so some of those things I think were were done to help the the younger generation uh because listen well I mean it's in the news right now. I I don't really know too much about it. I haven't really researched it, but I think President Biden uh just uh forgave yeah. debt, right? Student Stu- loan debt. Student loan debt. So when when young adults are coming out of college, they're they're in the hole 60 70 some a hundred and some thousand dollars. Yeah. I I, uh, I couldn't imagine w- if I came out of college now and I had eighty thousand dollars in student loan debt. You know darn right I'd be sleeping in my mom's basement. Yeah, me too. I, I'm not I'm not getting my place of my own. No way. Yeah. Um, and and so I think um there are a number of studies that are showing. Wow, that's funny <laughs> that I thought the exact opposite. Yeah. Well, it, it all has to do with the the network where we where you know 
the network of people were yeah. around and and yeah, well, I thought it was strange because, you know, like like I said, my family growing up, we were so, my parents lived with my grandparents, and then, you know, like, and for me, and my sister was like, we turned 18, and we were like, out of the house. Yeah. So, like, I just felt like it was a younger kind of person thing to be like, okay, I'm moving out. Yeah, and, and I think that it's important, you know, we're going to continue to get into cohabitation, but I too, I mean, I was out of my house at a very young age, as a matter of fact, I think it was either 19 or 20, somewhere around there, I, mm -hmm. I moved out. Actually, I think it was younger than that, 16 or 17, I moved out. Um, of my, our house was a divided home, so some nights I would stay at my dad's house, some nights I would stay at my mom's. Um, then, you know, uh, I moved in with one of my girlfriends uh, when I was 17 years old. Oh, yeah, interesting. It's ver and, and I have to say, my <laughs> life experience would say that it wasn't, it wasn't the right move. Yeah. Um, it didn't last very long. Uh, and then after that, I moved up to Pemberton, Massachusetts. Um, at, at I think it was either 19 or 20. I was somewhere around there, um, and I was uh, I was living in Pemberton, Massachusetts, all by myself. Wow. Um, so I it's uh, so stereotypes are never a good thing. We wanna we we always wanna do our best to listen to the person's testimony that's in front of us, and and then really hear how their life mm -hmm. story goes. Yeah. Um, but statistics See, are mine's real. the opposite of that. I moved in, and then we got married. You moved in with, with my boyfriend. With your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. with, and then we got married. And then you got married. So yeah. you so you did cohabitation. Yeah. And and then when I when I um, re reengaged my my wife Serena, um, she was going to college, and um, I was working. And we did not cohabitate. She lived with her mom uh, during the the times when she came back from college. Um, and after that, right after she graduated from her master's degree from Villanova, we got married, and then she moved in with me. Um, nice. So we, we didn't cohabitate on that end. Um, I was living more of a sinful life when I was when I was a teenager. So yeah, uh, that's why I cohabitated at that time in my life. I I I would say the same. Yeah. So, so you cohabitated with Jake, and then you married. You got married. Yes. So we bought a house together. Well, so we we lived at my mom and dad's house together. Then, whose ever house I was always at, his mom and dad's house. Yeah. And then we got an apartment together. That didn't work out because of other reasons. And then, we bought a house together. Yep. And then when that's when I started get back getting back into church, and I basically told them like. I'm not going to live here unless we're married. Okay. Yeah, and then we got married like two weeks later. Well, so that's it. Uh, it's interesting <laughs> you said that because, A, I wanted to get to the biblical view. Yeah. But I also wanted to point out um, one of our points here. It's a very interesting point here that says um, a lot of people cohabitate because they think it's a temporary solution. Mm. Um, and and there's uh, in 2019, Pew Research reported that a majority, 58% of white evangelicals said cohabitation is acceptable if a couple plans to marry. That's interesting. So it's very interesting to say that um, this is not, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, I think I, think I could back it up with, with numbers too, but this is not, um, this is not a, a, uh, an issue that is for the individual who doesn't believe in the Bible I, it, it, obviously, 58% of white evangelicals who are Christians mm -hmm. are cohabitating as well. And so it's very interesting to point that out, that, um, that 
this is an area where the church needs to do a better job. Yeah. We need to be. A, we need to do a better job of understanding what the Bible says, not not what we, mm-hmm. not what we want to make exceptions for. Yeah. If you if you read that, it says they cohabitated because they had plans to marry. Yeah. So in their in their individual minds, it was okay to uh, to challenge the biblical principle because they had future hopes of getting married. Yeah. But okay. it doesn't everybody? Doesn't everybody what? Plan to get what well, if you're in a relationship living with someone, you're it's probably in your plans to get married eventually. Right. So the question so is they want well, then why don't you just wait? Yeah. What why 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 do it? Why not align with the Bible and just wait a minute? Yeah. So it, it's very it's probably they don't understand it or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I think that the next the next bullet point has a little bit to do with it. It says yeah. at least fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. So why even get married? Right. Yeah. And and so why even get married? And yeah. so I think that that that's the other reason. Um, again, we live in a first world country. We live in a country where it's mm-hmm. a me 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 mentality. Yeah. And so uh, it it is a in my it, it is an it is an extremely expensive um, task to get divorced. Yeah. Very expensive. Um, and B, and the more important, um, you're breaking a spiritual bond. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a minute. But I th- So I think a lot of people cohabitate today because they say, you know what? If it doesn't work out, you go your way, I go my way. We split things 50-50 and... We, th- we, we let don't the have sunset. to pay for a divorce. Right, we don't have to pay for a divorce. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think that money has a lot to do with it as well. Um, so what does the Bible have to say about it? Yeah, I wonder this because, I mean, I think that a lot of people do this. They cohabitate and they don't think that there's anything wrong with it. Right, right. And so so what I'd like to share here is I want to enhance or maybe I, maybe high maybe highlight your definition with what I believe the definition of cohabitate is. Okay. And so um, I'd like to define cohabitating as living together, uh, at w- which would be sharing a home and having a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Using that definition, it's wrong. Okay. Cohabitating from a biblical perspective is wrong, and here's why. Premarital sex is condemned in Scripture along with all other forms of sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Take you to a couple scriptures. Where's my, uh, my Bible here? My trusty iPhone. Acts chapter 15, uh, verse 20. Uh, let's, go, let's go there and, and let's take a look uh, for just one second to see what that scripture says. Acts 15, verse 20. It says in the ESV, English Standard Version of the Bible, I'm going to read 19 through 20. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. For from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him for he is ready every Sabbath in the synagogues. And so if you go back to verse 20, 
we're given a biblical mandate here. Mm -hmm. Abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality. Having sex before marriage is adultery. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the ten that Moses came down from the mountaintop with. Yeah, I think so too. Thou shalt <laughs> not commit adultery. Um, and so um, right there in that scripture, we're, we're shown that we should stay away from it. We should abstain from it. Um, Romans chapter 9, uh, I'm sorry, Romans 1 29. What does that scripture say? Well, uh, again, if you stay here in the ESV, it says, They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Oh my goodness. Okay. There are a lot of things. There are, there a lot are of not, not nice things. There are a <laughs> lot of nice things. So, so number one, uh, and then I love what Hebrews 13 verse 4 says, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. <laughs> okay. These are New Testament, right? New Testament principles that we're reminded of um, when we're talking about this issue of cohabitation. Mm -hmm. And so the question becomes, where do we stand on, under, uh, on, on this belief? Mm -hmm. We can't, again, these are scriptures that we point out so that you listening can hear them and you can wrestle with them. You certainly can't erase them because they're written in the text. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 7, 8 through 9 says this, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it's better to marry than to burn with passion. And so that's somewhat of what you propose to Jake. Mm -hmm. If we're going to live here, we're going to marry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the only, the only challenge, the only place where maybe we need to do a better job of putting ourself aside and putting God first is to say I'm not going to move in until we're married yeah right yeah so at this point it wasn't like I was in a bad situation but I think it's kind of along the lines of like what the what you said in the beginning about people Christians or whatever that do it because they plan to marry anyway oh evangelicals yeah, yeah they like they put the scripture aside and everything to fit their yeah what they want to do right. instead of what it actually tells you to do right and and I think that that is a, one of the bigger problems with society today uh -huh. is their their conform their the Bible they're, yeah. they're, they're having the like Bible conform to them to what they believe instead yeah. of them surrendering and uh -huh. that's what we're called to do we're called to surrender mm -hmm. uh, to Jesus and, and to the Holy Word yeah. and allowing it to work out in our lives not us fitted around our situation yeah. some other key scriptures that I want to uh, that I want to leave our listeners and and those that are watching first Thessalonians 4 7 says oh, can for I read this one 
Oh, go ahead. Because yeah. I was going to say that I think this is sort of along the lines of like why I made the decision I did at the time. Yeah. Is because it says, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Yeah. And so when I started to make the change to go to church and do this and that, uh, you know, it it changed the way I wanted to live. You know, I wanted to live a holy life instead of one full of sin. And, and that's an honorable decision. Mm-hmm. And, and also what I would point out is um, we don't hold on to the past. Yeah. You know, again, I, I lived with uh, a young lady before I married. Uh, I, I never claimed to not be a sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm still a sinner to this day. We all um, are. We all are. And, and we ask God for forgiveness and, and we do our best to turn from those sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we recognize them. And each day we strive to live a holy life. Yep. But I tell you, it's a hard thing to do when you're driving on the New Jersey Turnpike. Oh, I know it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ask my husband. So what? what is he this other... He hates driving with you? Yeah. Well, you do a lot of the driving, too. I do, yeah. So just one more scripture here when we're talking about the definition of cohabitating, with, which is really living with the other partner and, and having... Um, having sexual relations. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 reminds us, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Mm -hmm. And again, these are just words of reminder, words of caution, words of direction. So for those that are listening, if if you're younger out there, Listen, I was there at one time. There are passions that that are that we have a desire for to go after. Love, romance, sexual, uh, you know, partners and fun. The Bible doesn't say we can't enjoy fun. The Bible says what we should not indulge in. Yeah. And this is one of them. Yeah. It says we can't. We're, we're, if we want to be called holy, righteous, and redeemed, then we can't be found there. I also like this next point. Oh, what's because, the next point? Take us there. Um, because I think that people don't realize how serious marriage yeah. or having a sexual relationship with somebody is. Yep. So this says, God forbids sex before marriage because two people become one when they engage in sexual intercourse, which is found in Mark 10, 8. If someone has sex with someone else and they don't end up staying together for a lifetime, the separation creates a painful and incredible wound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I would say that it, it, there is a spiritual connection yeah. that also takes place. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where these wounds come from. Mm-hmm. It's, not a, it's not a simple act of two individuals. This is a God-created act that is meant to be passionate that is meant to draw two individuals closer together Mm -hmm. uh, in in the in the most extreme areas of intimacy yeah and it's not it's not something that you do when you when you're done with a nightclub and and you've you've had your your fun on the dance floor Uh, listen those are things that teenagers do and and i'm not going to say that you know any one person is greater than another uh, but what we have to be, we have to be aware that it is still violating God's holy word. 
-hmm. It's still violating his holy word. I'm cracking open my Reese's over here. The white one? You're yeah. eating the white? I'm going to try it. It's I... not good. I'm telling you. It's I've not good. It. Uh, the Reese's is not a sponsor of ours. <laughs> That's not the reason I don't say the white Reese's is not good. It's just not good. Reese's Pieces is a chocolate peanut yeah, butter, not a white chocolate peanut butter. It's, it's very, very bad. It I, I might have to get a new co-host co because <laughs> I, I can't stand a white... All right, so here we go. Living together before marriage doesn't ensure a happier marriage. Mm. This was one of those those uh, reasons why people are staying. Oh well, you know what? I'm going to try him on. Uh -huh. I'm going to see uh, if he make fits. Make sure it works out. Right. I'm going to make sure that it's perfect and and that he's the one or she's the one. And, yep. Uh, and and unfortunately, contrary to the conventional wisdom, living together before marriage doesn't make a future marriage stronger. One study based on a national survey found that couples who had lived together were 46%, I'm gonna say that again, 46% more likely to divorce than other couples. That's really interesting. <laughs> okay, it does not, listen, marriage is the joining together of not just two people. Marriage is the joining together of two people with God. Mm -hmm. Okay, he is the bedrock that holds the marriage together. Yeah. Are there times where marriage is tough and you argue and you scream and you fight and you go in the different corners and then the bell rings and you come out swinging? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are. Okay, uh, but with God in the center of the relationship all things can be worked out mm -hmm. okay just like the Christian faith nobody says to the individual if you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life you're never going to experience another bad day you're never going to sin again no as a matter of fact the Bible says if you become a Christian and you claim Jesus Christ is your life you may die a martyr's death yeah. um, and and so marriage there, there is experiencing the same thing. We have to understand that the purpose of marriage, or what the purpose of marriage is. Marriage reflects the relationship of God and the church. Ephesians chapter 5, 25 through 27. The church doesn't have to, uh, have a try before you buy it mentally. Right? You don't try it on. You can't do a test run with Christianity. In fact, Scripture speaks out against an on-the-fence faith. Mm -hmm. Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. I love that Scripture because it actually says that Jesus will vomit out the lukewarm Christian. Wow. Okay. That's the word. Says it just like that. Well, uh, let me say. Let me go there. <laughs> I, in one of my, in one of the versions that you read, it, it uses the word vomit. Um, let me see. Revelations chapter 3, verse 16, right? It says this. Um, so because you are lukewarm mm -hmm. and neither hot nor cold, this version says, I will spit you out of my mouth. Okay, that's what he says. Oh spit goodness. you out of my mouth. Let's see what the NIV has to say. Um, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Oh, so it really, it really does say, basically. Oh, yeah. He's spitting you out. He's spitting you out. You're out. <laughs> what does it say here? Oh, here it is. In the message. The message mm -hmm. says this. 
I know you inside and out and find little to my liking. You're not cold. You're not hot. Far better to be either cold or hot. Mm. You're stale. You're stagnant. You make me want to vomit. Oh, my goodness. You brag. I'm rich. I've got it made. I need nothing from anyone. Obviously, that, in fact, you're a pitiful, blind beggar, threadbare, and homeless. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's Jesus. He is serious. Right, he's serious. So he vomits you out. Christianity is an all-in deal. So that's kind of like what I was saying, how people conform, like try and make the Bible and the Word conform to what the way they want to live, but they're, they're just being lukewarm because they're saying that they have faith in Christ, but... In reality, they're changing what he's saying so that they can live the life they want here on earth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he's going to vomit them out. Not only is he going to vomit them out, in, <laughs> in later in Revelations, I think it's 22, or um, let, me, let me just take a quick look here. Um, in, in Revelations, it says, don't change the word. Mm-hmm. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Oh, yeah, it. I've, I've heard that before. You, you've heard this scripture before. Yeah, yep. Um, and so... One could argue they're changing what the Bible is saying. Yeah, I would say. Okay, so, so it's just, just not right on multiple levels. Now, again, our, we, we don't hold them in judgment. We're walking out the sanctified life. Oh, yeah. We're going to make these mistakes. Mm-hmm. But what we can't do is we can't say, well, because society allows for it, that yeah. makes it right. Yeah. Because Agreed. it doesn't make it right from the Bible, mm-hmm. the Bible's point of view, right? Yeah. So what else do we have here? Is it really a temporary solution? Why don't you take that point? Okay, let's see. This says 60% of the couples who live together won't end up married. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. So, so really, I got to I got to just ask the question. So, are we fooling ourselves? Look at me. Mm-hmm. I lived with my with one of my partners, well, not my partner, but with with a girlfriend before marriage. Didn't get married. Yeah. I had all intentions yeah. of marrying that you young lady. You had plans of marrying. I had plans of marrying. <laughs> didn't get married. Wow, that's okay? pretty, That's a big number, though. Yeah. That's bigger than the divorce rate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they and and then it goes on to say that they either split apart or stay in. in co- the, yeah, in the relationship. In the relationship. Uh huh. But they never commit to being married together. That's exactly I know right. A lot of people like that, actually. Right. Yeah. So. It's not good. Not good. Um, what else do we have here? Instead, oh wait, here it requires a lot more than just merely moving in with someone, but it prevents us from fleeing from the other person the moment something gets difficult. Yeah, and 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 I, you know, what I want to say there is one of the the key fundamentals to the Christian faith, mm-hmm. the fundamental uh, or one of. I said it right, is the Bible. See, when I'm having a hard time, whether it's at work, whether it's at life, whether it's in my marriage, I go to the Bible. I spend time with the Creator. I call the Bible my love letter because not only did God write it for the church and all humanity, God wrote it for me specifically. And He wrote it for you. And he wrote it for our listeners, specifically for them. It's a love letter that speaks to them. And it speaks to me. 
So why have I been married for 15 years? A, because my wife is wonderful, and B, because God is the glue that keeps us together. That's a great answer. Uh, God, the Holy Spirit is the key. Mm-hmm. Are there moments where, where we argue? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Are there moments where, um, where she goes off into her room and, and I stay in my, in, in, in my space and we're quiet? Absolutely. For me and my wife, that's a good time mm-hmm. because we're thinking. Yeah. And, and, and here's the other critical part. We're not thinking about what the other person said. We're thinking about what we need to do what I need to do to make it right. Yeah. She's thinking about what she needs to do to make it right. We're not thinking about, well, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to really nail it to her. <laughs> you know, I'm going to point out all these points and I'm going to win the argument. Mm-hmm. See, when you're married, it's not, and, and you're, when you're married and following a biblical marriage, it's not about winning. Yeah. It's well, not about that's winning. that's for a different topic. That's for right, a different Jason? topic. That's right. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, as for uh, the couple who choose to live together but not have sex, we, don't, uh, we do have to keep in mind that we don't want to allow the devil to get a foothold. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 4.27. What does Ephesians 4.27 have to say? Ephesians 4.27. It says, if we live in the same proximity as our significant other, sleep in the same bed, we'll face enormous temptations to have sex before marriage for marriage absolutely or otherwise cross physical boundaries absolutely it's so, not good which which that's true ephesian it, it says this ephesian let me let me see um i'm going to go back to 25 all right it says therefore having put away falsehood let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another be angry but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Here it is now, verse 27. Give no opportunity to the devil. Mm-hmm. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands. Oh, I like that. So why tempt yourself? Yeah. So that, you know, it goes back to that question earlier. Well, you know, we're going to we're going to move in together because we plan to get married. Well, then yeah. why not wait? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not wait? Why not do the harder thing, the biblical thing mm-hmm. and wait a minute? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, ju- oh, that makes sense to me. It's harder to do. And I'm not taking, uh, you know, like I don't want to take that away from people. It's hard yeah. to do. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you follow the biblical, the model. It's the better option. It's the better option. Uh-huh. It's the far better option. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to jump down here to when God created a perfect world. Okay. that's. Oh, yeah. I like this part. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, I like this part a lot, too. He counted marriage among the good and perfect things that he made. Then came the fall of man, and sin yep. entered God's perfect design. Eve. Oh, my goodness. That yep. woman. Yep. Satan offered a, a distortion of God's good plan, seducing and tricking Adam and Eve into seeking wisdom on their own terms. Hey, that's yeah. what we're just talking about, right? Yeah, that's right. It is, which is outside of God's good and perfect plan. Right. Satan presented a counterfeit of God's covenant. That's right. That's ultimately what living together before marriage is, a counterfeit. Instead of the perfect covenant of commitment God offered to his beloved creation. Yeah, that's exactly right. He, it is a counterfeit idea 
a counterfeit thought yeah. that is a sin. Yeah. And it ruins the perfect world. But I think that it's so appealing to the world today. Like you said, it, it, it makes people think like, okay, we'll get to know each other beforehand. And that's exactly what Satan does. He just disguises these things to seem more appealing to people that maybe don't know or, yeah. or understand what God's plan was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have to say that it's a, it's a very similar challenge for the, the couple that is married. You know, the couple that's married and that's considering divorce, a lot of things are going through their head. Oh, you know, I'm tired of this or I'm tired of that or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find my perfect mate. You go your way. I go my way. They're all counterfeit ideas. Yeah. They're all schemes of the devil. They're all lies. Uh It's better to to work it out with biblical principles, you know, with friends. Have, you know, talking to somebody. Right. You, like someone that's not in your situation that you could get some, you know, some good advice from. Yeah. Yeah. You got to you got to really talk it out. Don't listen. Uh, I, I don't know the scripture verse now. I, I'll, I'll get it if, if 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 time allows. The Bible says that the devil is like a lion roaming around mm-hmm. waiting for the one whom he can devour. Yep. That's you. If you're in this situation and you're saying to yourself, well, you know what? I'm going to move in with the intention of marrying. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, it, just wait. Yeah, just All right? wait. Just, just wait it out. Just wait it out. What does this scholar have to say? Galena Rhodes writes, But by living together already, both parties have likely developed a tough pattern of what if this doesn't work out? Thinking you could just move out and move on, which can undermine that sense of commitment that is essential to a thriving marriage. You know what? I think that is so important too. Yeah. Because. Oh, you're, you're getting passionate yeah, now. Yeah. Because fire. I, I like, I like this point that it was made because people are so, I think that's why the divorce rate is so high because people are like, okay, let's just get a divorce. Yeah. Like me, Jake and I were having this conversation, like, because we know so many people around us that are just like, okay, we did too, we, we did this too quickly or whatever the reason may be, and they're like, we're just going to get a divorce, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe in the long run we'll get back together if that's what is supposed to happen, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but but the, they just opt for divorce right away. Like it, like the bond and, and the vows of marriage that they made were not so heavy yeah you know like that is a huge commitment and i feel like people the people don't really understand it well and and i would challenge maybe maybe this challenge should go to everybody but i really would like to challenge the individual who says they're a christian Mm -hmm. and and who's talking about divorce yeah go through the bible and identify and if you want maybe you know if you want us to write in the comments yeah i want you to We'll put on uh, our website or on one of our pages somewhere for you can find it. What happens to those individuals that break covenant relationship with God? Yeah, that I want to know. What What happens to? Well, I'll give you one example: Noah <laughs> and the flood. Oh. Okay, Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, these Sodom and Gomorrah. If you don't know the history of that place, it was a thriving city, much like New York City, uh, with with a lot things, a lot of things going on. A lot of bad things going on, mm-hmm. and, and God told his people, get out, and he, he burned it to the ground. Wow. All right? 
look at um, look at uh, the book of Daniel, right? God's chosen people living in sin. Neb uh, Nebuchadnezzar comes in and takes over and pulls the people out of their nation mm -hmm. and brings them to Babylon. Yeah. Just the Old Testament is filled with story after story of covenant breakers mm -hmm. and what happens to their life as a result of covenant breaking. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus Christ isn't a redeemer. He's yeah. not a he's a restorer. And and so I'm not saying that if you get a divorce, you're going to you're going to be burned to hell or you're going to a flood is going to come and take you out. <laughs> no, your sins are redeemable. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is be committed to the marriage relationship. Yeah. Be committed to one another. Be I, committed to the hard fight. I think that this the conversation we're having actually is perfect for the closing of our conversation because Great. it is God's original intent for marriage. Oh yeah. Right? It's so, wonderful. So to the people that are just get married for the wedding or whatever it may be and don't yeah. maybe don't realize the yeah. heaviness of marriage and how much of a commitment it is that they think divorce is like okay let's just get a divorce and i'm not saying that it's easy to get a divorce because i i've never been in that position but i don't want to say yeah that it's overnight like people are like all right let's get a divorce and be done with it it's probably an extremely bad place to be in and and i also i also want to make sure that i use the word of caution like we understand that maybe there's situations for divorce where your yeah. husband is sexually impure to another person or you, you, the wife is or the wife is getting beaten every yeah, yeah. like we we're not talking about those situ those are very real situations and we want to be sensitive to those uh -huh. we're just talking about the individuals that um, that are leaving their husbands because maybe they can't figure out the spending you know the the finance they can't figure out how to yes. how to mesh with one another you know, th those are what we're talking about. Yeah. And and by the way, the 50-some percent of divorces are those type of marriages. Yes. Very mm -hmm. few of them are a result of being beaten or... Uh, the yeah, something a right. lot less fortunate. Right. Okay. So God's original intent for marriage. Um, these are actually some scriptures. I yes. I don't know what they are, though. Why do I not have them referenced? Yeah. I'm just going to say them. Okay, just okay. say them. We'll put them in the comments. That this should, is this in Genesis? Though? Yes, this is Genesis. Okay. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will yes. make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Mm -hmm. And whatever the man call, called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now yes. I think the more Genesis 2.18. 2.18. Okay. And now the next one I have for you is, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Right. Right. So when you're getting married... You're not just you anymore. Right. You become no. one. You become one. And and I want to point out, 
because it's really important, I think, in my opinion as a pastor, to point this out. Mm-hmm. Marriage is the first institution that God created. Mm-hmm. After marriage, God creates the institution of law and justice. Mm-hmm. But the first institution that God created was marriage between God, man, and woman, that they would be joined together as one. Mm-hmm. And the reason I point that out is because there is an adversary. His name is the devil. His mm-hmm. name is Satan, Lucifer. And he, his primary objective is to tear down everything that God has built up. Mm-hmm. Marriage being the first institution that God created is on his primary attack list. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of the major reasons that individuals, when they get married and they stand there, and they say vows, there is, there is a worldly element to it. We're saying vows in that because the law says that yes. we need to have witnesses, that we need to vow to one another. But it is far more than that. It is a spiritual commitment to one another. And when you do that, you are now, you have now entered the first institution that God has created. Mm-hmm. And that is the first thing that the devil is going to try to attack. Yeah. And that happens so often. That's why the divorce rate is so high. That's why the divorce rate is so high. And and say, if you watch the pattern, I believe that Satan tries to tear down the marriage and he tries to tear down the family. Mm-hmm. Because that those are the elements that God has created. Yeah. We are in we are created to be in relationship with God, to be in family with God. Mm-hmm. And so if you just watch society, watch Watch how the, the denigration of the family is taking place. Watch how marriage is taking place. Yep. Um, these are spiritual attacks brought on by the adversary, Lucifer, the devil. Mm. So, right. wonderful episode. I, yeah, I hope that, conversation. Uh, that you have a better biblical understanding of, of uh, why we believe cohabitation is... Um, is not a biblical concept. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it goes directly against uh, the Word of God. And we would ask you, if you're, if you're challenged with the thought of cohabitation because of economic reasons, well, it's cheaper if we, all, if we live together. Well, we plan to get married. Well, it's only a temporary situation. Um, I would ask that you, uh, that you just pause for a minute. You go to your Bible. Spend time reading your Bible. Spend time in prayer together with one another. Seek the face of God on these matters Mm -hmm. and let him lead, guide, and direct you. Yep. Well, that's great. Yes. So that's our show for right there. (laughs) That's our show for this week. Thank you so much. Again, the one hundredth subscriber to our Apples and Oranges uh, YouTube channel will get a mug and will get one of these apples and oranges t-shirts so please subscribe um we love hearing from you so don't don't forget to share your comments or thoughts in the comment section um i think that there's a comment section on spotify i'm not sure Um, Um, i'm not sure either but you can listen to us on spotify and apple podcasts apple podcasts yep uh, apple podcast uh, yeah oh i thought it was itunes no (laughs) i can't it's apple podcast apple podcast and youtube yeah so uh, we upload every Friday at 7 <laughs> p.m. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.